thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in, as much as it's upsetting. To wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock Epilepticus, with test subject Micah B. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy. The synaptic jolts that shorts circuited his world and efforts to rewire his mind and create a new life. Oh, and he's going to have brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today on Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. I'm your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Side. Today, we are speaking with Claudia Putnam from Confluence Craniosacral Therapy. She's got a few questions about my epilepsy and neurological issues. I have some questions about craniosacral therapy in general, so we're going to be spending the next few episodes talking about those things. So join us, won't you? Without any further delay, here's Claudia. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. How's life? It's uh, it's been interesting. Quite a challenge lately. Um, well, you know, a lot of shifts and a lot of uh, a lot of experimental stuff, of course, um, going on. We're still in discovery phase for for my epilepsy and uh, mm, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, uh, missing bits and pieces of time from the past two three weeks. Uh oh, that's always yeah. a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for somebody who uh, kind of prided himself on it on a sharp memory it's yeah. um yeah it's humbling it's got to be kind of grief inducing and not to mention anxiety and you know i mean it's a process coming to terms with a long-term chronic illness you know it redefines your whole life and right you know right right it uh yeah it's a mixed bag actually yeah. to tell you the truth too it's it's really a mixed bag it um it explains a lot of things from mm-hmm. the past um the misdiagnoses, the, the, why can't you get this done or why can't you focus or, you know, things like that. Um, it it explains a lot. I'm, uh, you know, it's a juggling act right now because, um, they have a couple of different things going on. Um, the epilepsy, um, it is genetic. My, my neurosurgeon is, is definitely like he was spot on. Um, there's definitely a frontal temporal lobe epilepsy going on here between the T2 and the T4. Um, but because went my entire life undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, um, combined with a lot of the childhood trauma I went through, it likely developed NES. Uh, I probably developed non-epileptic seizures from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always that possibility. And what I was, what I, what I, what was explained to me is that people with genetic dispositions, dispositions toward mm-hmm. epilepsy, um, are more prone toward non-epileptic seizures when they are put in, um, high stress and trauma, mm-hmm. tra- trauma inducing yeah. situations. Yeah. Um, what I'm also learning is that, uh, much of the same 
things, techniques, um, tools, I guess you could say, uh, the mental um, and preventative tools, I guess, um, that are used for non-epileptic seizures, PTSD, um, TBIs, can be very very helpful in minimizing the seizures of that are that are caused through epilepsy the origin is different in the mm-hmm. sense that epileptic seizures are yeah. elect bioelectrical right right um however um by and large a lot of times they're both the non-epileptic and the epileptic seizures are both caused um, through stress or high stress mm-hmm. situations or, or particular triggers. So the same kind of techniques that one could use for reducing those tri- stress triggers and stuff for mm-hmm. trauma and stuff can right. also be used for that. Now, you're not going to heal epilepsy um, per right. se, you know. Right. Um, I don't think he's even... saying never, but yeah, unlikely. Right. Um, <laughs> good point. Yeah. So, you know, as you were saying earlier that there doesn't seem to be a cure. Um, so I did a, quite a bit of research into what other people who work with, um, who are craniosacral therapists and who work with epilepsy and, you know, they, it's kind of a big, <laughs> um, you know, arms up in the air, um, kind of thing. Um, they don't, and nobody is claiming that they can fix it, um, with this. Um, but there have, but there is some encouraging information out there about, I mean, you were just talking about how those tools, the same tools that you were using for NES and PTSD and brain injuries, um, also help reduce or mitigate, um, epileptic seizures, which have a different cause. Um, and, um, so I'm curious, I don't know if you're ready to just jump in or if you want to do more introduction or what, (laughs) sorry, let's Um, jump right in. We can can explain Um, into the cranial sake, um, the, the method of it as we go along, I guess. How about that? Yeah. Um, so, um, but I'm curious for you, Mm -hmm. which, what tools are the most effective in, managing or reducing um, or making you feel more safe in the world given your condition. Um, So what is it that you do that you have found um, helpful so far? Um, What I've learned so far um, in mitigating mitigating the stress levels and potential triggers, um, Mm -hmm. number one, there's the avoidance. Um, You can always do that, but that's only going to take you so far because you, you can't avoid everything all the time. And some Sometimes they just come on. Sometimes you don't know what's going to trigger them. So when it happens, um, I found that deep breathing um, is very, very mm-hmm. important. It, it, it's very key. Um, and if I spend some time in the morning and do a little bit of deep breathing, like meditative exercises, mm-hmm. um, do a little bit of presence exercises while you're doing that, if you can, yeah. Um, yeah. that helps. It helps tremendously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the breathing and, and, and just placing yourself, kind of grounding yourself mm-hmm. is, is key. Um, that's something I've learned, learned a long time ago. Um, one of my best friends in junior high and high school, uh, grew up Buddhist. So, um, taught me a lot. Yeah. 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 And, uh, we were singers. So Mm -hmm. we learned to breathe and support Mm -hmm. the column of air through the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. So breathing is, I was taught the importance of that. And as a child, when I was having, when I was having 
astral projections and out-of-body experiences and stuff they were uncontrollable um so i'd learned how to kind of ground myself that way too when i was younger was was through breathing um definitely putting yourself in a safe place you know you can't be standing up with when and you you don't get that opportunity to do that all the time Mm -hmm. um but the meditation the meditative type things and i'm not talking like you know a lot a lot of times people think of meditation like sitting down crossing your legs and right 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 that's not it that's not it it's it's more of just like i said the breathing and the attention of of just letting letting go of what's what's circling around in your brain Mm -hmm. and and just releasing that so that you can you can pay attention to what's going on right now what i'm learning what i'm learning is that oftentimes these things are happening because all of us there's there's shit going on in your mm-hmm. head and mm-hmm. sometimes it's in the back of your head and you don't even realize it mm-hmm. um so do you think when you have quote unquote shit going around in your brain um do you think that you that is triggering in and of itself does that help bring on attacks i think i'd have to say yes Mm -hmm. Um, whether it brings on the epileptic seizures or the non-epileptic seizures is is questionable. I know that it definitely brings on the non-epileptic seizures. Uh Um, in my case, the majority of my epileptic seizures are nocturnal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Or happen early morning. Um, at least so far, I do have afternoon seizures, uh, but they're they're more of the f- complex partials, the focal complex uh, ones. They used to be called petite malls. They're, they're not the ones that drop me, right? For right. the most part, yeah. But right. they do have the rotten egg smell. I'll get an out of body experience. Um, Some afternoons. Yep. And yep. body body freezes. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, what's going on for you? Um, mentally when that happens do you just lose it i mean lose that time um do you know what's happening do you what's what's happening to your being when that happens right um when i'm having the smaller ones my conscious it's it's like my my brain leaves my body Mm -hmm. my consciousness my sense of self separates from the body the body is paralyzed feels Mm -hmm. like it shrinks back into wherever it is the chair or be it the bed the chair Mm -hmm. or wherever it is you know um and yeah it's i sometimes call it balloon head Mm -hmm. because it just feels like um i did a little research on uh fns functional neurological disorders and the interoceptive network you know the the input to -hmm. your body Mm -hmm. reaches right in there into the insula of the brain Mm -hmm. um and when that separates your brain is essentially in an in an isol you know a sensory deprivation chamber because it's Mm -hmm. locked inside of this dark little chamber inside your skull and that's what happens um oftentimes that's what happens whether it's electric electrically triggered or whether it's triggered by something else so it starts oh, sorry just to no, clarify. Go ahead. it starts with a sensory thing like a smell that may not be a smell that seems to be related to what's around you but some kind of sensory communication um and then when you're in the seizure you don't have um 
Any any sensory input? No, no. I get tingling sometimes in my mm-hmm. fingertips, and that's the beginning of it. Um, but once the tingling will happen, and then all my senses are gone. Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of a hallucinatory thing. It's like it's like my brain is making things up. Okay. Be- because it doesn't have that input anymore. Right. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's really replaying like... the last thing. <laughs> yeah, it's replaying the last thing it saw. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're big enough, if if they're intense enough, I will forget um, anywhere from like ten minutes to to a day before it happens. When I have big seizures, um, the grand malls. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'll forget days. Uh, when this first kicked in, when it fully developed back in April um, and May of 2019, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the majority of April through June of wow. that year. Yeah. Wow. I just don't remember. People remind me of stuff, and I'm like, really? I did that? So um, tell me... Um, you forget the time beforehand. Do you forget the seizure itself? If they're big enough, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. So emotionally and afterwards, I know there's usually some kind of scrambling that goes on physically, like you're mentally rather just, you know, your brain is like um, for a while. How long does that typically last for you? Smaller ones, it's usually an afternoon, you know, um, take a nap or something or, or take a shower and, and, and it kind of, you know, I can work myself through it. Um, big ones, it'll take a couple of days, two, three days sometimes to, to kind of recuperate. They're intense. They're intense. Imagine a 10 hour hallucinatory, like psychedelic trip, but crammed into 30 seconds. Not that any of us knows what a 10 hour I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but no, the the intensity, the electrical discharge and intensity of, of these things, whether it's epilepsy or not, or not um, mm-hmm. and the physicality of them when they're the big ones, mm-hmm. your body is freezing, jerking, and convulsing in such an... There's so much energy going through. It's like you just ran a marathon, but you did it in in like a minute and a half. Right. Yeah. How long do the grandma seizures last? I think the longest one lasted five minutes. Kill Mills. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. Seizure Salad, Foster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. High-resolution MRI image of Micah's brain provided by the Rockstar Lab Techs at UC Health Neurology in Denver. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Just keep listening and join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, unexpect the expected and remember that it's all in your head. You ever had a grand mal seizure in gym class? That whiplash back when life was dishing out pimp slaps? Fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up. Never let up because the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret will never get the better of me with the sawed off. When I'm having trouble talking, someone knocks my writer's block off. And if my 
my eyes glaze and my knees drift south And you ever think to stick a credit card in my mouth? I take MasterCard and Visa for my risk rewards I'm not biting my tongue, why don't you bite yours? It's all too much